0: You are listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk.
1: World Talk Radio.
2: Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. Before we start today, point your browsers at www.wideawakefilms.com because we're going to be using an audio medium to discuss visual images How to Capture the Civil War on Film, with some of the creative people behind WideAwakeFilms.com, Shane Seeley and Ed Leideker. So, look at the images on your screen, and we'll talk about video through audio on Civil War Talk Radio. Insurance, paid vacation, taxes.
0: Having a full-time secretary means you have a lot of things to deal with, besides having an employee. Sick leave, lunch breaks, holidays. And those challenges can change from day to day. Training time, mistakes, oh, family emergencies. A good secretary can be hard to find. What I need is someone who's reliable, efficient, and who can get it done yesterday. <laughs> what I need is a secretary 24 7. What if you could have a secretary on call 24 hours a day, 7 days a week? What if you could dictate letters with a phone call, have them transcribed, and back to you within 24 hours? Add to that scanning, word processing, email management, and a whole lot more. Your 24 hour secretary does exist at wwwthe 24 com. If you're an entrepreneur, a small business professional, a corporation, or in the legal or medical fields, the 24-Hour Secretary is your virtual office manager. www.the24hoursecretary.com Do you like to save money? Let me tell you about a website, Target Barter. Instead of buying things for cash, you trade things you have for things you want. It's as close as you can come to getting something for free. Target Barter has dozens of categories, thousands of things, jewelry, beauty products, perfume, electronics, computers, and much more. Why pay cash for something you want when you can probably find it on Target Barter? But it's not buying. It's Target Barter trading. List things you have to trade and earn Target dollars. Use your Target dollars to trade for things you want. It's easy. It's fun. And it's not expensive. Before my family spends cash on anything, we check Target Barter. Target Barter is not an auction. You don't bid against anybody. You see it. You like it. You click on it. You buy it. But not for cash. For Target Barter trade dollars, go to the website. They walk you through the entire process. So what are you waiting for? It's free to join. TargetBarter.com gets the things you want without spending cash. That's TargetBarter.com. Interested in advertising on any of our shows? Please click the Advertise link on the homepage or send an email to ads at worldtalkradio.com or you can click on the Sponsor This Show link on any of the show pages.
2: Welcome to Civil War Talk Radio. My name is Jerry Prokopovich, History Professor at East Carolina University. Speaking to you from my office on the campus of East Carolina at Greenville, North Carolina, but not speaking on behalf of the History Department or any of my colleagues or administrators or the state of North Carolina or anyone but myself, as always. Before we start, I will point out that uh, very nearly this show would have come to you not from my office, but from my home office as I had to decide whether to limp into work or not, Uh, having suffered a broken ankle since the last show was recorded, a vicious rumor has been circulating around the office that this was administered to me by my 10-year-old daughter's soccer team at practice. I just want to contradict that and counteract it before it goes any further. It was my older daughter's team, the 14-year-old team, that caused me to suffer a broken ankle. I can handle the 10-year-old's some of those fourteen-year-old girls are pretty big and strong, and one of them uh, collided with me in such a way as to cause me to uh, suffer a minor fracture, if if any fracture is minor. Uh, So I'm on crutches, but I did come into the office in order to do this show, and rather than do it from home, not that it would have made any difference, phones are phones. And I'm, of course, crazed with pain medicine, in this case, over-the-counter Motrin, uh, but any exceptional comments made today uh, on my part, I will deny all responsibility for and say they're chemically induced. Uh, with that out of the way, I'd like to welcome our, our guest, our guests today. Uh, uh, we've invited Shane Seely and Ed Leidecker from Wide Awake Films to be with us. Uh, who's on the line?
3: Uh, both of us. This is Shane. How are you, Jerry?
2: Good, Shane. How are you?
3: I'm well. I'm well.
2: And Ed, you're there also? All right. This is, this is our first multiple show on Civil War Talk Radio. Uh so we'll we'll not step over each other's comments as best we can. It should be interesting to do. Um, let me start by again by way of introduction, pointing out that your uh your organization, Wide Awake Films, has made several full length D V D video productions about Civil War battles. Uh Franklin, Spotsylvania, I think Shiloh, some others. So let me start by asking both of you what what is your background in Civil War, when did you get interested Why why choose to make films about this
3: Well, this is Shane Um, uh, You know, my Genesis, I guess, into this was At an early age, Uh, my dad's first job uh, uh, Out of college was in Illinois Around the Springfield area And uh, I'm originally from South Central Kansas Uh, Not a lot of Civil War History, though I did uh, uh, Live in Sedgwick County, named after John Sedgwick, uh, killed at Spotsylvania Uh, From Sumner County Originally as well um, moved to Illinois, got into Lincoln at an early age, age six, and uh, that was kind of my gateway, if you will, into the war, and uh, from there, uh, kind of basically, I call it blending geekdoms, uh, I've, uh, I'm, I'm very much into the Civil War and have been into it uh, uh, at an early age, but I'm also uh, way into video technology, so uh, uh, we do a lot of high-end work for corporate clients as well. So. Uh, the Civil War is definitely a passion and a blending, I guess, of, of those two. Uh, I call it geekdoms. Say, Ed, how about you? What uh, are, are you a Civil War fan?
1: Well, actually, I've become one, Jerry. Um, I actually met Shane at a very large production company here in the Midwest that uh, we were working on national accounts like Jiffy Lube, uh, Sprint, uh, those types of corporate clients, and. Shane got me involved uh, back in 91 and I went along as a uh, observer at that point and what I found was a a wonderful world of a A lot of incredibly intelligent uh, historians that I've had some amazing experiences. I'm actually a a camper, outdoors person, and Shane introduced me to these wonderful professors and bankers and people that are involved in the hobby, and I fell in love with it. And so my passion with it is more of the organizational side of these documentaries, Uh, but I'm not the historian that my two partners, uh, Rob and Shane, are. But uh, I absolutely love the hobby, and I love what it's done for the country and, and involved in battlefield preservation as well.
2: Now, when, when you mention the hobby, are you referring specifically to Civil War reenacting?
3: We are. We are. The, what, what we've been doing since 91, Jerry, is basically we go in and purchase the, the broadcast film rights to large-scale national Civil War events. Uh, anything from 3,500 participants to uh, uh, the most we've done is 13,000. And so we go in with a very large production crew, um, uh, five camera crews and and kind of a good logistical ground crew, and and just shoot footage uh, at these events and use that footage as kind of the bulwark of what we'll use to put together a documentary about that battle. You mentioned your your partner, Rob. That's Rob Hodge. That is Rob Hodge uh, from uh, Confederates in the Attic. Yes, the, the, the most
2: legendary reenactor. Uh, we'll have him as a guest on the show uh, sometime. I've talked to uh, Kevin Worley at your office about doing that. Yep. And we'll talk to him uh, perhaps more about the reenacting side. I'm curious about the, the, the video side. So you purchase rights to, to film and, and in some way present what happens at one of these large reenactments. Um, you, how, you said you bring a, a, a whole a crew, a number of cameras. How do you set this up?
3: Well, it's uh, it's interesting. I'm, I reenact as well, and uh, have been doing it since I was 18. Um, I'm now 37, so I think I've, I've been involved in more Civil War battles than most Civil War soldiers, but uh, uh, mock battles, if you will. But uh, so, you know, from that background, we have a lot of reenactors that that we bring in that maybe have some, you know, a little bit of background in production, that type of thing. So we're able to go into these events and I think it's why we've been successful is that uh we really respect the the reenactor side of things at the events and I think a lot of times video crews uh can can kind of step on that experience because they're there on their own volition, they're volunteers, they've they, they paid thousands of dollars to have all this equipment and uh... and they're there on vacation so and we just happen to be fortunate enough to to document what we believe is historic in its own right these events are are amazing uh... you know when you when you really look at the fact that you'll set up a town of uh... you know thirteen thousand people with maybe thirty thousand spectators a day uh... in the middle of a rural area that probably hadn't seen anything but you know hundred head of cattle for decades So. That's what's really interesting about what we do. Going in, um, uh, you know, and basically setting up camp, um, which we always camp out. All our crew members actually wear the clothing respective of the side they'll be accompanying as we shoot because we do have roving crews that... Uh, uh, you know, if, if we're doing uh, Shiloh, for example, we make sure that our crews are dressed as, uh, uh, you know, April 1862 Confederate trans-Mississippi troops, and uh, um, they look the parts, and, uh, and same goes for the federal side. So I
2: guess you want to avoid that, that phenomenon you see in, in uh, concert documentaries where you see the band playing, then there's the guy with the handheld camera, like right up on the stage walking around, or during the halftime show of the Super Bowl, yeah, you'll get these great shots from right inside the activity, but then you get a long shot and you'll see the guy with the camera walking around, as if to say, I'm with the media, I can go anywhere I want. Uh, I can go right on stage, I can go right out on the field at halftime because I've got a camera. Uh, you can't do that in an arena because it would shatter the uh, suspension of disbelief.
3: Well, just being in the video business, I, I agree with you. The tail wags the dog too often. I mean, I, I was watching an NFL football game recently, and I saw a running back running for a touchdown using the Jumbotron screen to make sure that no one was following him. <laughs> and
2: it's just... That is great. I'd never thought of that.
3: Never. And, uh, uh, you know, yeah, and, and from our side, you know, on the wide shots especially, we want to make sure, yeah, absolutely, there's not a a guy running around with a high-definition camera in the middle of what could be a great moment. And, uh, and, and just making sure that we can uh, we can hide as much as possible, uh, you know, from the re- reenactors' experience. Uh, we're very very um, sensitive to that, and and I think it's why we've been fairly successful doing it, and uh, and it's why event organizers like to have us have us into work because we've done it uh, uh, fifteen times now, so we've kind of been down the down the you know, and we know the ropes and. Uh, and, and we are very careful to make sure that uh, we don't, as you say, you know, leave a camera guy in the middle of the battlefield, you know, ruining the whole pageantry and the spectacle of of what's going on.
2: Now, are there other firms like yours? You say you've done fifteen major reenactments. Are, do you have competition in the reenactment video world?
3: You know, I guess so. It's such a it's such a passionate side of our business that we don't really, I think, approach it like. Uh, Uh, like most businesses would in a very capitalistic, you know, who's our competition, how can we strive to beat them? Um, We just enjoy doing it so much. Well, Uh,
2: let me put it a different way. Do you have any colleagues in the business? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think of what I do as competitive with other historians.
3: Yeah, okay. But
2: there are other people in my specialty. Are there other people with the same specialty?
3: Yeah, there's a, a couple companies out there. One that comes to, to mind is actually a fellow reenactor, Kevin Hirschberger, a good friend of ours, um, who does some really nice work on the East Coast. Um, he he does he approaches it more from a less of a documentary standpoint, more of a, a theatrical, you know, movie kind of narrative standpoint so but and there's a few other folks out there but there, there's not a lot of people out there it's not a uh, you're not going to get rich quick doing uh, civil war reenactment uh, documentary videos but uh uh it's been uh, it's been a nice life for us we, we we truly enjoy it it just combines a lot of with everything we love technology being outside and uh uh you know and camping so
2: well it, it is interesting you point out no one's really that these are historical events in themselves, which I think you're right about. No one's really looked at this. There is a book, I'll think of an author's name, A Woman Who Participated in World War II Reenactments, uh, and and dang if I can remember the name of the book now, uh, but she wrote a book that was published a couple of years ago, studying them, originally as a dissertation, uh, studying these reenactors mm-hmm. and their activities as a historical event in itself. What does it say about the 21st century? that many of us uh, choose to spend our, our spare money and our spare time recreating the 19th or the mid-20th century. Uh, and, and in that sense, your films are going to be a record of that, that not just of the Battle of Franklin, but of the reenactment of the Battle of Franklin.
3: Absolutely. I've just always thought that. I've just always been very uh, wowed by the spectacle, and at the same time mystified that you know we've got... You know, a bunch of middle-aged men wearing very hot wool clothing and 105 degree heat—you uh, know—recreating the Battle of Gettysburg, for example. It's just—it's uh, kind of a wild—you uh, uh, know—we kind of look in, in on ourselves. It's like, what does this mean as a society that we're we're doing this? And I, I think it's good. You know, we approach it from a visual standpoint, and that we believe that. If this stuff is going to perpetuate and, and into the future, especially for for generations beyond, uh, I'm a Gen Xer. Um, Ed's a a, a Boomer, and you know, Rob's a, a Gen Xer as well. You know, beyond our generation, uh, it's got to be visual. And um, in order to make sure that these places stay around for you know two three hundred years, we've got to make sure that uh, we take them off the printed page. And, and I, I know that's hard to say because I'm a reader, but I just think that if we're going to compete with Xbox and PlayStation that we need dynamic visuals, uh, uh, and, and the reenactments in themselves are are definitely uh, something that we can uh, uh, get those visuals from, and, and we're really adept at making sure that I think, uh, to toot our own horn, I guess, what we're really good at is going into these reenactments that it can at times look staged and awkward, and finding those two- to three-second moments that that really, I think, capture everything I've read or seen in a a lot of things. Well, I think it's a very
2: good point that visuals help grab people. I've asked many guests over the course of this show what brought them into it, and those who are are boomers like Ed or like myself, uh, almost all of us remember Bruce Catton's Centennial History of the Civil War, uh, published in the early 60s, which has these... Marvelous bird's eye maps of battles. You may have seen them yourself. Oh, the Golden
3: Book maps. Absolutely. Exactly
2: those. And everyone of my generation remembers those, seeing them when they were a kid, and just just being knocked out. It was just just wow. That makes you feel like you're there. And it was the visual before before I could tell Chickamauga from Chattanooga. I loved those maps, and I think what you're suggesting makes sense that there will be some. Uh, young viewers today, maybe who may not get all the detail, but they'll see one of your DVDs and and say that's what it must have looked like. I want to know more or digitally like that, and and that so that could be the point of entry.
3: Yeah, and that's our hope.
2: Now let me ask both of you: What's the largest reenactment uh, or, or video project? Uh, two different questions that each of you has been involved in. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Um... I went, well, actually, outside of the
1: historical world, I did a 28-day around-the-world shoot for a client called Jet Aviation based out of West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, We do a lot of promotional pieces uh, for high-end corporate clients, and I literally flew to uh, Switzerland, Germany, France, uh, Saudi Arabia. I was in Jeddah, and then I finished in Singapore, and we, we shot at 30 different worldwide locations for this client that we turned around and did a uh, a nine-minute promotional piece that they currently have on their website. And then a year and a half ago, we did the Battle of Spotsylvania, uh, which we worked in coordination with the county of Spotsylvania and their wonderful community that really is seeing the value of historical tourism and what it's done for their community. Uh, But we had close to 150-plus people working on our crew at that event, which we actually organized and were the historical consultants on the entire project. So those are two of our probably largest projects we've worked on um, in the last few
2: years. Those are obviously substantial. Shane, how about you?
3: You know, the Spotsylvania one uh, definitely is one of the larger ones that we've uh, done. Um, Ed and I work, you know, the, what people don't understand sometimes, these especially you know, back to the kind of creating a city in a rural setting is you've got to deal with um, the logistical elements like wood and where's the porta potty, uh, where's the water. Uh, um, you know, it's almost like uh, you know feeding. Thankfully, a static army uh, for three or four days and making sure they're they're taken care of. So, uh, the Spotsylvania, we actually had, I think, if I remember exactly, 175 people on staff for that event. And uh, and then we got
1: hit by a a microburst on Friday night, which had over 90 mile an hour winds that literally laid down every reenactor's tent, every porta potty, 150 porta potties. And we literally stayed up the entire evening to restructure the camp and pulled it off. And the next morning when the sun came up, it was a glorious weekend there.
3: Yeah, but dealing with stuff like that, that's fun. You know, those are, those are good challenges and uh, keeps you hopping.
2: Well, that, that, uh, that does. We're, we're going to take a short break and talk more about the logistics and the aesthetics as well of creating films of reenacted Civil War battles. Our guests today are Ed Lidecker and Shane Seeley of Wide Awake Films. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. We'll be back in just a minute with more Civil War Talk Radio.